popping the lid on all things real estate with Tina Miller Light and Sherry Ann Houser Bush. Your place to pop in and learn all about the home buying and selling process in a fun and lighthearted manner. Welcome to Popping the Lid on All Things Real Estate with Tina Miller Light and Sherry Ann Houser Bush. Good morning. We're excited to because today we have our broker JP Shamshoyan here in the house. Hello, JP's Jenny. in the house. Hi, everybody. <laughs> it's good to be with you guys today. I'm very excited to be here. Well, we're, I feel like this is a rite of passage. I'm honored. It is, and you're wearing the beer hat. It says Superstar Guest Pod. I am. I am. It feels. I'm a little worried about lice, but you know we'll get past these things. <laughs> when you're bald, I guess you don't have to worry about it that much. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. So. What animal is undefeated in all sports? Undefeated in all sports, all sports animal. Hmm. I'm drawing a blank. A penguin. Penguin. A oh penguin. my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. All right. Okay. <laughs> you know, Sherry, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say, Sherry sends me a joke uh, daily. Some of them are winners. Some of them are losers. I'm going to say that one was somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. I'm sorry, I felt the pressure today. I love, I love running them past my seven-year-old daughter. She typically makes the, uh, typically makes the decision about whether or not they're good. Oh, uh, there you go. I love that. I need to come up with some more kid jokes. There you go. So, Tina, what are we talking about today? We are talking about um, this crazy market and what uh, if JP can give us some insight on what he makes of this current market situation. Well. You know, the best way that I can uh, judge any market is how do I feel as an individual investor and as a broker and all that kind of stuff. Because at the end of the day, like, yes, I'm running this company, but I have my own portfolio of investments and trying to make decisions about my own family finances and things like that. And, you know, right now I'm still looking for things to buy. Um, I'm, I'm still excited about... Uh, still excited about the market here locally and that's you know that's one really important thing that that I'm gonna kind of harp on today is there's a question of kind of the capital letter real estate market the the global real estate market and you'll see things online you know you click all over the place about scary things in the office market and all kind of, but I don't have to worry about any of that all I care about is like where do people live in Fresno, Clovis, Coors Gold, Ocris, Madera, Visalia, Tulare, those types of places. Where do people live? And how much are they willing to pay for it? And uh, seen through that lens, I got to tell you, I um, things are still looking pretty darn good. You know, it's a tough time to be a real estate broker right now because there aren't as many transactions happening. Fewer people are moving. Um, less inventory on the market. But prices are great. Um, I think prices are going to stay great. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. But uh, overall, I'm pretty darn confident. I feel uh, I feel good about it. What about you, ladies? I mean, you guys are on the boots on the ground. What do you guys think? Well, well, first of all, I want to ask you a question because you said that you're still buying investment prop- properties. So clearly, you're not disturbed too much by the rates. It's not stopping you from from buying. I mean, because historically. I feel like rates are still relatively low. I, yeah. Uh, my parents bought really high. Yeah. You know, 
I, yes, to answer your question, uh, I'm still actively investing. I, you know, you guys have heard me say, and I think other people maybe in, in other media have heard me say, you know, you, uh, you buy your purchase price, you date your uh, interest rate, right? So um, I think that rates will likely come down at some point. Uh, and when they do, um, I think, you know, when rates come down, first of all, there's going to be a frenzy to get back into the housing market. So it's going to be, you know, back to the days of, of 40 offers on houses. And I don't like competing in those uh, in those types of markets. But right now, I feel like you can get a good price on a, you know, good fair price on a house and you can uh, get a, a decent interest rate. And, you know, at the end of the day, do I think any debt that I get right now, do I think I'll still have it in five years? No, I'm pretty certain that I'll be able to refinance out of that. So, yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still overall pretty, uh, pretty bullish on the housing market. And I think importantly for people here locally, I'm bullish on Fresno. Like I, I this area, I think it will continue to thrive as we diversify our economy and as the uh, coastal centers get more and more expensive. And um, I think that, you know, Fresno used to be kind of stigmatized, but um, it's looking a lot rosier these days. So I, I think that whatever is happening, you know, you read these articles about real estate. Well, they're, they're always centered around New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Chicago, you know, the big metro centers. But I don't look at any of that stuff because I, I don't care what's happening in those places. That doesn't affect my bottom line at all. In Fresno, Clovis, the Foothills, South Valley, North Valley, like things are good. And I think they're going to stay good. I think the underlying fundamentals are still really good. So uh, so that's why I'm still investing and why I still feel uh, pretty confident about the future. Well, as far as interest rates, um, there's a debate on how, you know, we talk about interest rates dropping mm-hmm. um we know where they're at right now but mm-hmm. what is your best guess or what's your theory on where you think interest rates might yeah drop really, to really good question um so obviously the interest rate question does not exist in a bubble right tied to bond rates uh bond rates are tied to a million different factors and um and you know you can in one morning i always start my morning the same way i roll over grab my phone read the news of the morning get a joke from sherry yeah get a joke from <laughs> sherry and every you know in one morning in a in a 30 minute you know uh, doom scrolling session i can get 10 different views on what's going to happen with uh you know what's going to happen with the rates what's going to happen with the economy here's all i know last week there we got two divergent uh, numbers about the labor market, right? The you read one thing, the economy added an incredible, uh, incredible number of jobs, almost four hundred thousand jobs, and you think, oh my God, the economy's still booming. That means rates are going to have to go up higher because as the economy booms, we have to raise interest rates to keep uh, to keep inflation in check. But then you click on the next article, and even though we added almost four hundred thousand jobs, the unemployment rate went from three point four percent to remember if it was 3.7 or 3.9%, which means that maybe the economy's cooling off. So, well, if the economy's cooling off, maybe we can not raise rates or, you know, maybe even start cutting rates. The, to me, 
uh, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this as a real estate broker, I, I am grateful that rates are where they are. I was just talking with a, a friend, actually a mutual friend of all three of ours today about like the Argentinian inflation crisis, right? And in Argentina, inflation's at like 97%, right? So if you had $100,000 in your bank account last year, well, it's worth about $50,000 this year. It'll be worth $25,000 next year unless they get it in check. 12,500 the year after. I mean, it like really bad inflation is such a disruptive force in an economy. And so I'm grateful that rates are staying high. I think that there are a lot of fundamentals that make me hopeful that the economy will cool off enough for rates to start coming back down. There was an incredible injection of capital into the economy uh, during COVID times, right? A lot of funny money. And, and you know, there's no judgment there. I think the economy needed it to be able to survive. But uh, there's this, uh, there's a measure that I like to look at uh, called the M2 supply of money, right? That, that measures how much cash is out there. Because if you, if you look at all the money out there, well, a lot of that money is being held in banks to make sure that, uh, that banks are solvent enough to like stay in business, right? M2 money supply measures how much money do the three of us and, and you know everybody else in America have in our bank accounts that we can spend? What do, how much do businesses have on hand that they can spend? So if you look at this M2 money supply chart, you'll see you know it kind of bounces around for years and years and years. And then if you're on an eight and a half by 11 page, you'd have to get like a 16 by 20 poster to look at how high the supply went in 2020 because uh, because so much money was pumped into the economy, like we just created so much money to keep people afloat when people couldn't work and businesses were closed and whatnot. Well, all of that excess money that that was above the norm, people have spent it now. So now you see things like um, personal debt is fastly rising again, right? So, uh, or quickly rising again, right? Which is a good indicator that people have worked through their savings. Now they're taking on debt. It's, you know, you'll hear this all the time. We're in an economy now where bad news is good news. So when you see things like people are running out of money, your gut reaction is, oh, that's bad news. But it's good news because it means that rates will probably need to, certainly I think that rates are not going to go up very much higher than they are now if they go up at all. And I wouldn't be surprised if rates started to come back down because we're starting to get enough bad news that policymakers will likely say, all right, we got to start taking care of this. But I, I want to point out, even you know, for, for buyers out there, it might be a uh, bad news is good news, which is bad news thing. You might be out there thinking, oh, you know, I'm going to wait for rates to come down. I said this earlier. Yeah, rates come down. That may not be, you know, that may not be great news for you if you're a buyer, because right now you can go out and look at a house that's been on the market for two or three weeks, write a good offer, get your offer accepted, close escrow, you're in a house. I can almost guarantee rates come back down to four, four and a half percent. You're going to be competing with 30 other people uh, to buy that house. So you know, it's complex. It's one of those things where you pull one string and you think, ooh, great, I, you know, I fixed it. I, I fixed the problem. But you loosened another string. So it's all very, you know, there's a lot of interrelated things. And that's why when people, 
try to time this stuff just perfectly. I always chuckle to myself, you know, this is my whole life. Even I can't time it perfectly. The real reason that I'm still investing in real estate is I recognize there's no right, perfect answer. You only see that in retrospect, right? You only see the bottom of the market in the rearview mirror. You only see the top of the market in the rearview mirror. So my thing is you just keep investing, you know? So you just made a good point when you said, and I haven't, I had not thought about it that way. And so when the interest rates come down, yeah, everybody's like, okay, it's good. We're going to jump back into market. But what people need to realize, in addition to, you're going to get bidding wars and you're going to be paying more for the house. But I remember being in that market and people are waiving their appraisals. Absolutely. They're paying like large appraisal gaps. They're waiving home inspections. I mean, sellers really, really had the upper hand. Right now, buyers, I mean, yeah, they're paying a little bit higher rate and we're starting to see some multiple offers on certain homes, but sellers are still, you know, offering to help pay closing costs and buy down the rates. Sellers are, are very flexible right now. So that's a very good point that I didn't think about. Yeah, I mean, look, we have, 300 realtors or so at Realty Concepts. And every single agent that I talk to says, yeah, I've got these buyers, but they're waiting for rates to come back down. Okay, so you think about that extrapolated across every agent in our area. If every agent in our area, or most of the agents in our area, have a couple of buyers who are waiting for rates to come down, and now rates come down, all of those buyers are trying to buy houses all at once. Mm -hmm. Inventory's still low. We got a problem, gang. So, I don't know. If, you know, as for me and my house, we will buy when we have the money to buy. And, you know, uh, refinance when rates come. To, I would rather buy now and refinance when, when rates come down than try to buy when rates come down. And, you know, I'm competing against a, a whole ton of people. So. Well, yeah. And we've used, recently just had a couple of great... Um, loan um, programs that yeah. have come out, which would be another, um, you know, topping on the cake, I guess you could say, for buyers and why they should be looking now. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it. you know, if you're buying in uh, the city of Fresno, there's a mortgage assistance program uh, that will, you know, where you can get up to $100,000 in mortgage, uh, in mortgage down payment assistance. And unlike the state of California's uh, most recent mortgage assistance program, if you stay in your house for 15 years, uh, you know my understanding is that uh, that your down payment help will be forgiven. Obviously, you know don't take that to the bank. You'll want to talk to your loan officer, uh, get some uh, get some good advice from uh, financial professionals and whatnot. But you know there are a lot of things that people are doing to help buyers out there right now. By the way, that that first time buyer or the uh, mortgage assistance thing is just for first-time buyers. There are some income restrictions, uh, but definitely something that, that people should be reaching out to their realtors about. So, yeah. And first-time home buyer, again, is anyone who has not owned a home in the last three years. That doesn't mean that you've never owned a home before. This is truly your first home. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Like many things with the government, they have interesting definitions for, uh, for things that sound straightforward. But yes, Sherry, you're right. Uh, it doesn't have to be your absolute first home. It just has to be your first home in a while. So. <laughs> so my problem, my particular problem that I'm seeing right now and why I'm kind of struggling to get something going is because my sellers, I'm, I'm primarily a listing agent, I 
it can't, nobody wants to move because they've all refied into these low rates. Mm -hmm. And now if they sell, they're going to be giving up their two, 3% rate and going into like a, a six and 7% rate and paying more for the house. Yeah. It's, I mean, look, that's a challenge. And one thing that I promised myself a long time ago uh, was that I, I wouldn't be a hypocrite in the name of marketing. And so I will admit, you know, that my wife and I find ourselves in this position. I, we refinanced into a 15 year loan uh, three years ago at two and a quarter percent. And, you know, every time I go to look at a house to move into, still looking for houses to uh, to invest in uh, for our investment portfolio. But anytime I look at a house to move into, it's like, man, it's hard to leave a two and a quarter percent rate on your primary residence. Now, in saying that, um, you know, one thing that my dad taught me a long time ago was on Christmas morning when you're happy in your warm home and your kids are sitting around the tree and, you know, uh, you're living, kind of living that American dream, you're probably not thinking about what your interest rate is. You're probably not thinking about what you bought the house for. The real question is, can you afford it? Do you want to live there? And so, you know, for sellers who find themselves stuck, I would say a couple of things. First of all, you're probably going to be stuck for a while. Like, yes, I see rates coming down, but I don't, I would be shocked if, let me put it to you this way. I hope that rates are never as low as they were the last couple of years because that would mean that some kind of catastrophe on the level of COVID has struck the economy, right? Now, do I think that at some point in the next five to 10 years, we might see 4% interest rates? Yeah, maybe. But I think it's a lot more likely that we'll you know, come back down to earth where we see 5% interest rates and they just stay there for a long time. So now you gotta ask yourself, okay, Am I going to stay in a house I don't want to live in because of the difference between a 5% rate and a 6 and quarter percent rate? If you ask yourself, do I want to stay in a house that I don't want to live in because I uh, because of the difference between a, you know, 2 and a quarter percent versus a 7%, the answer might be yes. But you're probably going to move at some point. And if you're stressed out because, oh, you know, rates are at 6 or 6.5 or whatever they are, well, I'm here to tell you, they're probably not going to be a whole lot lower than that for many years to come. So unless you're really committed to staying in your house for a long time, you know, you got to make a decision. And there, the, the decision matrix is very different for investments versus your personal residence. For your personal residence, the only things that matter are, do you want to be there and can you afford it? Period. And remember, the other thing about your... Uh, the other thing that I would tell sellers that are stressed out about higher rates, I don't want to leave my, you know, I don't want to leave my uh, ultra low interest rate. Well, keep in mind that uh, if you are uh, uh, if you are a tax filer who is able to take itemized deductions, you're getting a pretty good write off on uh, you're getting a pretty good write off on your mortgage interest deduction, right? Well. At two and a quarter percent, you're not writing a whole lot off on your taxes. At five or six percent, you're getting a pretty sizable write-off, right? So yes, there's going to be a significant difference between your uh, between your interest payments, but you know, depending on your tax bracket, you may be saving 
40% of that difference. So just something to consider for that's people. A, that's a good point. And also, I feel well, like... of course it's a good point. I made it. <laughs> of course. You know. People have more equity in their homes yes. now. Mm -hmm. exactly. And so you've got that. You're rolling into your next house. And so you're financing less. Less absolutely. or little to so, none, Yeah, basically. keeping that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You're 100% you're right. Thanks, JP. I like to be right. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, but I like it when it, it when it does happen. Boy, do I feel that. Okay, so we've absorbed an awful lot of information today, so I think we should carry this over to a part two because I know that there's still a lot more valuable information to come. What do you think, Tina? Yeah, sounds good to me, girlfriend. All right. Peace, love, and real estate.